Welcome back, everybody, to That's Entertaining. We thank you for joining us again this week as we continue our look uh, at the second part of Final Fantasy VII with Advent Children later on the show. But first, as always, I am joined by the one who is patient zero for Geostigma, Mr. Justin Piggard. Oh, wait, did you just diagnose me? Yes, we've done the research, we've t- traced everything back, and Geostigma originates with you. Um, and we're not sure why you're still around. Huh. I feel like this is the wrong venue to, uh, give me that sort of news. I, uh, I think I have a few phone calls to make. I might have to, uh, take off for a little bit. Oh. <laughs> well, we were going to tell you earlier, but, you know, we, we figured it'd be to get the on-air reaction. Oh, I see. Those are my footsteps walking away, if you didn't hear that, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> is that like in, in Monty Python, the, uh... Uh, the horse, they had the two coconuts together that make the horse uh, hoof sound. Um, am I kicked off the podcast if I've never seen my T-Python? Uh, possibly. Uh, <laughs> we'll have to take a poll later. <laughs> Get out You've of never here. seen, Get out of here like, now. the Holy Grail? Like Monty Python and the Holy Grail? I've never seen my T-Python and the Holy Grail. I know okay. I'm, I'm a bad person. Listeners. Would you like to have us discuss Monty Python and the Holy Grail to make Justin watch it? <laughs> Let us know on the Twitter. Tweet at EntertainingPod, hashtag Monty Python. <laughs> That's a good way to get me to do it. I'm just saying. Oh, uh, wow. What you been up to, man? Oh, uh, well, as you know, I'm getting married next week, actually. That's the right sound, right? <laughs> yeah. Can I get, like, a, a Final Fantasy VII version of that? Uh thrown in here maybe (laughs) you know i i may have something that works so we're i'm getting ready to leave tomorrow morning actually uh so really early in the morning so that's what i've been busy with this week really uh more than anything packing cleaning you know going through the checklist you know, freaking out before everyone does before a long trip. And you're going to forget something. Don't worry about it. It's okay. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so we'll figure out what that is. Uh, about 13 hours on the road. <laughs> <laughs> 13 hours down. So you're, you're driving, you said, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm, we're looking at a two-day drive. Possibly mm. three days. And I think that puts you stopping in... Uh, <laughs> I think that put you stopping in, um, like, Kentucky, right? Uh, yeah, I'm going to be stopping, well, I'm going to try, I'm going to go crazy and try to make it all the way down to Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia, which is a little farther. It's, like, pushing 20 hours from where I'm at right now. Mm. And that would, probably not going to happen. I'm going to get to about 12 hours and yeah. want to take a nap. I wouldn't... Okay, so here's here's my piece of advice. Have you driven through Atlanta? I have not, no. Okay. Avoid it. <laughs> Whatever you can do. Avoid everything. Avoid it at all costs. Yeah, and if you do have to drive through, uh, just try to do it at a not-peak time. So my advice to be you would be, if you're traveling down south, um, maybe get as far south as maybe Nashville or something around there. Uh, maybe just a little bit past Nashville before you... In that border area for... Georgia and Tennessee, I see. and then get up early the next day, maybe get through uh, Atlanta either after rush hour or before, um, because it's just, 
it's horrible trying to drive around or through Atlanta. And definitely, I think there's a a, a, a highway that goes around. Go around. <laughs> Don't try to go through it. Very good advice. Uh, I will avoid Atlanta at all costs. And uh, yeah, I'll plan accordingly. Okay. So that's what I, you know, been planning that. Been planning that stuff. Um, and uh, I finally, the only games I've been playing, I finally beat uh first light so that's the dlc for uh infamous second son so i finally got through that uh my major impression of that game i i love the story i thought the story was actually a little better than second son story really so yeah for dlc that i mean it was more emotional more uh the characters were a little bit better written but how long Um, did it take you to beat it uh, I think I put about eight hours. I mean, it wasn't long at all. It's not bad. Uh, so I think I put about eight hours, which is pretty short for like a story. Might have been less than that. Now I'm thinking about it. Um, but I know last week I said I was thinking about doing, getting the uh, platinum. Well, I started looking at those trophies and decided that was not going to be, uh, <laughs> not going to happen for me. So, because uh, there's a, they do this thing. You know, because usually it's collectibles or something like that along those lines that you're looking for with uh, trophies. Well, they built into this DLC like a uh, arena where you're going for high scores. Mm-hmm. And that was some of the trophies was getting like 10 million points in all of the different arenas. And I decided I didn't want to keep playing the same content over and over and over again. Unless it's Destiny, of course. Um, <laughs> that's but, yeah. all you do <laughs> so but story was good it was a good piece of DLC I mean I got it for free so I can't complain too much there yeah uh, and then I did start one other game this is going to be really weird uh, do you remember uh, Ico or Ico on Playstation 1 uh, wasn't it Playstation 2 uh, possibly I'm not really sure I think it was Playstation 2 but I could be wrong with that too but I do remember the game that and like Shadow of the Colossus were like two games that were together, but I never played them. Yeah, so I, I don't know how they're connected. I don't know if they really are connected, like in story, but I think they're from the same uh, studio and same uh, art style and everything. I started that for some weird, weird reason. So, because uh, it was on uh, PlayStation Now, mm-hmm. and I do have one month of PlayStation Now. Uh, I had the uh, two week or one week uh, trial, and I let that lapse on accident and got another month of it. So, <laughs> of course. And how much is that a month again? Uh, Twenty dollars. Man. So that'll be the last time that happens. Can you? So are you able to go into like your account and say, "Do not auto renew"? Uh, I'm not sure exactly how. Yeah, I I think I'm just like. I'll either figure out how to do that or just cancel it completely because, I mean, I'm not I'm barely using it anyway, so. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a great month for you to have it, too, you know, with the wedding and everything figured out because you're pretty much not going to play it for at least half the month, if not more than that. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to be gone for two weeks, so, and most of this week I haven't been gaming, so. But nonetheless, I started that game, and I don't know, it's weird. I'll play older generation game so mm-hmm. that's cool uh so 
started that, and I, on the TV front, all I've really been doing is watching Parks and Rec on Netflix. Okay. So, you talked about it a couple weeks ago, the new season. Uh-huh. I, uh, been watching what's on Netflix to get caught up, and hopefully I can get caught up in time to, uh, start that last season. And how far in are you now? You're probably midway through? Uh, well, I, I had watched it before, so, um... I think I'm on season six, the beginning of season six. I'm not sure where they are in their line of seasons, but I think I'm the last season on Netflix, and I'm on, like, episode four. Okay, so, cool. But I, it's a good show. Really funny. Always makes me laugh. So, mm-hmm. But that's it for me. It's a really light week, uh, you know, with all the planning and stuff. So, Yeah. What about you? Oh, same like you said, uh, light week for me too. It, <laughs> so we recorded, you know, last Friday night late and I think it was Friday night late. I can't remember anymore. <laughs> and then I edited that last podcast and I sat down to do it at like one or two o'clock and I didn't get done until close to eight. <laughs> so my Saturday was pretty much gone. Um, Sunday I was busy uh and just this week has been busy after work and stuff just trying to get things lined up and taking care of different things around the house but as far as gaming goes or anything um i've only had time to play one game and that was last night i uh jumped on close to 10 o'clock uh and our boy jason lacy uh he was playing smash brothers and i hopped on there with him and I got beaten, I don't know how many times, but <laughs> I took my beating like a man. Um, and then uh, before I got off, uh, Gabe uh, hopped on there from uh, Married to the Games, obviously the guy that we had on here last week, uh, and was playing with us a little bit too. And he was tearing it up with Little Mac. Oh, um, really? Yeah, he was, he was just moving and ducking and swerving and KOing left and right. And I was like, man... So I had a handicap because I was playing on the Wii Pad, and I'm just not used to the the Wii Pad controller, especially for that game. So uh, I figured out that you can use it has as your visuals, but then have a controller. So I was I was looking, I set my Wii Pad down, and was looking at it like with my head down and everything, but use a different controller. I'm sure like stupid from my wife's perspective when she was looking at me like, "What are you doing?" But uh, I was playing that and I got a little bit better when I pulled out the the GameCube controller but it was just looking down at the screen and everything I was like oh man so uh, before too long after that uh, another person joined us um, I think uh, it was that's my Yaz uh, I can't remember for sure but um, and after that I played a couple more rounds but it had been about probably 11 or so by that time and I had to get going but it was a fun time, so that was pretty much all the gaming I've had is just some online Smash Brothers with uh, Jason and Gabe. Um, other than that, though, I have watched the the new Justice League Throne of Atlantis uh, animated movie that was released on Blu-ray and DVD this week. Um, and I'm just going to give a couple quick impressions on that. No spoilers here. Um, it was really a tale of two halves with that movie. Um, it clocks in just a little over an hour, I believe, and it really feels like there should have been another 15 or 20 minutes of exposition in there. Um, in between, th- there's a, a critical plot point that happens in the middle, 
up until that point, everything was paced well, everything was just great. And then you got to that halfway mark where that plot point happens, and then things just are way too fast, and it kind of jumbles together uh, up before the final act. So it felt like there was about 15 or 20 minutes of exposition that should have been added in there, and that would have been a really good uh, really good uh, video to watch. But as it is, as it stands, um, it was, I'd say, out of, out of five stars, I gave it like a three and a half. So worth watching, um, and it'll be in my collection now. Uh, it, it is a direct sequel of Justice League War. Uh, so it takes place after the events of Justice League War, uh, if you have watched that animated movie. So just kind of a little continuity there. So that's pretty much all I've been uh, entertained by this week. So like you said, a light week. Um, and hopefully this week, too, we uh, are able to keep our episode a little bit shorter. <laughs> what? We got to stay under three hours? Yeah, let, let's try to aim for aim for under three this time. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I know the last couple of weeks we've been over, the last three weeks we've been over two hours. Um, Which but is this unfortunately, week we're going to try to keep it a little. Unfortunately, that's actually half of our episodes so far. <laughs> yeah. So, so we're about we're, half and half now. Our, our goal is below two, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. Whatever happens. Um, but we wanted to make sure last week with the the Final Fantasy episode, we, we had Gabe on, obviously, so we wanted to make sure we, we gave that enough time and respect. But honestly, you know, looking back at it, listening back to it, there's a lot of stuff we didn't say that we could have, but it was just one of those things where there's so much good to talk about that you could talk about it for a long, long time. Um, and we got a lot of a lot of good feedback from that, too. We got a nice email from Jason Lacey. Um, talking about his experiences uh, when he was playing Final Fantasy, the things that he brought up, the things he liked. He really loved the Materia system, which we didn't even mention uh, in last week's episode. But uh, we would definitely want to thank Jason for his comments. He sent us an email to that'sentertaining at gmail.com, just like you can, if you have any comments uh, or thoughts that you'd like to share with us as well. Uh, and also, if you want to do a short form at 140 characters, send it to at entertainingpod. Um, but yeah, so we're uh, gonna go ahead and move on into the news. Dun 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 dun. dun. <laughs> is that the, is that like a news noise? Is that does that sound good? That that'll work just can fine. You just, this week. Uh, can you just take that that noise I just made and uh, input that in every section from here on out every episode? <laughs> if that's what you want, that'll be our new bumper for the news section. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's fine with me. All right, I can get behind that. <laughs> All well, right, what's in the news? Uh, well, I think the first thing, probably the biggest thing for me that I actually like watched and had opinions on, is the Fantastic Four trailer came out. It did. It did. Did you? Uh, <laughs> did you? Were you able to watch it? Are you I did. cut off from the world? You weren't able to see this. Uh, no. Amazing. I, I, amazing trailer. So I'll get your thoughts, and then I'll give you my thoughts. Uh, oh. I think that we have a tale of two sides well first i'm gonna start off by saying i'm not expecting that much from this movie i mean it is a marvel it's a marvel proper marvel studios movie so no. i expect no Mm-mm. okay uh fact checker says i'm wrong on the first uh <laughs> first sentence anyways it's a fox movie um, okay it's a fox the same movie. studio that has uh, the X-Men franchise right now. In fact, in the trailer, I think it mentions from the studio that brought you Days of Future Past. Ah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a Fox uh, movie, so 
anything that's in the Marvel Universe that you think of with Iron Man or Captain America will not tie into this. Ah, I see. See, I was a little confused because I thought that Fox owned Fantastic Four. So, oh, okay. Very confusing. So, yeah, my standards are low after <laughs> hearing that um, <laughs> for this movie. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I thought it looked good. You know, a little bit darker. Not as, like, cheesy as those first two Fantastic Four movies were. Because those were just awful, cheesy, garbage comic book movies, um, in my humble opinion. But, I don't know, I, I like the fanta- the new Fantastic Four trailer. Um, I like some of the actors, I, I like Miles Teller. They didn't really show a lot, There's just like a lot of like music, broady, like heavy music, and quick shots of different things happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm not really sure we're sure what's going to happen. Uh, they do, it looks like they're going to do the um, uh, beginning story again, uh, which I don't think they need to. I mean, every time you reboot a movie or a franchise, you don't always need to go back to the very beginning. Like, just kind of jump somewhere in the middle or just after the beginning because we know the story it's getting it's old like who you know why go over tread over that same material over and over and over again yeah i'd like to see them do something with a superhero or that they bring in um where you pick it up you know in a famous storyline add up that storyline and then if it goes well um then maybe you could do an origins movie or do flashbacks maybe in the second film uh if you feel like you need to to tell people who this person is um, but I mean, being a facet of multimedia in different avenues anymore, I mean, you can have a, a good lead in comic book that a lot of uh, movies are doing now have a lead in comic book series. And then it'll tell you of a lot of stuff to set up. Like they did that with guardians of the galaxy worked out pretty well. Um, although I don't, a lot of people that saw guardians obviously probably didn't read that lead in comic book series, but it just set kind of the scene a little bit better. Um, so they could do something similar like that if you wanted to do, uh, like a new superhero that hasn't been in a movie or in a movie in a long time, you could say. Yeah, absolutely. So that's my biggest gripe so far, you know, and it makes me like not excited for the movie at all, knowing that probably a good hour is going to be retreading the same story I already know. Yeah. So, but I don't, I mean, as far as movie trailers go, I thought it was decent. What do you, what do you do what did you think? It okay, so as far as movie trailers go, like you say, it was decent. It felt to me, honestly, like a color by numbers movie trailer. We get shot one, shot two of, you know, different characters. Um, we get the the obligatory uh vehicle moving in the distance, generating dust shot, followed by the uh you know, the, the brooding music, the setting up and everybody looking for boating. Which, I don't know. I mean, it, it looks like they're trying to take it too seriously, but I don't think they can pull it off to be that serious if they want people to, to enjoy it. Because one of the things that a lot of people are liking with the Marvel movies is they're not super serious. It's that they're they're lighthearted and they're able to, you know, almost laugh at themselves in a way, you know, like Guardians of the Galaxy, um, a talking raccoon, right? In this one, you're going to have a rock person. 
So you need to be able to take things a little bit serious, a little, little bit less seriously, I think, in with how things go with this. Um, and like I think I've mentioned before in the podcast is that with Final Fan- or with Fantastic Four, there's no real loss. So with Batman, you have the loss of the parents that generates him to be the vigilante. Uh, even with Superman, you have him losing his entire planet, his race, him being an alien on Earth. Uh, that that's his tragic story. Um, all the great superheroes have tragedy behind them. Uh, so with Fantastic Four, though, not so much. Uh, they just happen to be caught in a spot that they get powers, and then it's them dealing with getting powers. So, I don't know. Just Fantastic Four has never been my favorite group of, uh, of people to watch, but I, I will go see this movie. Um, I have higher hopes for it than I did... Uh, the Amazing Spider-Man 2. So if that tells you <laughs> anything. Uh, so I'm looking forward to it, though. Kate Mara, uh, or Mara is in it. She was in uh, House of Cards. She'll be playing Sue Storm. So it'll be interesting to see how she adapts that. Yeah, for sure. So I guess we'll see when it comes out, how this movie's going to turn out. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I don't want to be down on it. Like, like you, I, pre- I have very, very tempered expectations. Uh, I, I'm not expecting it to be, you know, the greatest greatest movie on Earth, obviously. Um, but I just want it to be a decent movie, and I want to be, you know, pleasantly surprised, honestly. I would like to be enthralled and want to go pick up a Fantastic Four comic book after uh, the movie. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, what else do we got going on in the news this week? Well, sticking with the Marvel news, um, in the new Netflix series for Jessica Jones, there's been a villain cast, and it's one of the Doctor Who players, uh, David Tennant. He's going to be the villain in the next uh, Jessica Jones, uh, or in the Netflix series for Jessica Jones. So, do you watch Doctor Who at all? I, I'm going to go ahead and say myself here. I have never seen an episode of Doctor Who. I hope to change that at some point, um, but it's just kind of overwhelming. I don't know where to jump in. I don't know where to start uh, because it's been going for years. There's been, I think, 10 or maybe 11 Doctors. So, And I know some people say to jump in on one. Some people say to go to another. I don't know. Uh, have you ever watched it? Uh, I've tried watching a few episodes because um, I mean a lot of I mean there's quite a few seasons on Netflix so it's an easy you know jump you know that I don't there's no pay to get into it uh, I, I couldn't I, it did not hook me right away so I just gave up you know after like two or three episodes and it feels like if I can get into it it'll be something that I'm into um, I just I, I can't get into like because I, I want to start from the beginning so if I'm if I'm making a mistake and starting from the beginning, I hope someone would tell me and say, hey, just start from here and go forward. Yeah. Um, but I want to get into it, but it's just hard right now, I think. Yeah. Well, either way, I mean, uh, a, lot of, a lot of people know him from the comic book uh, video game scene because um, they are Doctor Who fans. So he's a pretty big name to get into the Netflix uh, show. Uh, I mean, it seems like for the most part... They've been picking like uh, unknown, like lower known actors for the Netflix series so far. Mm-hmm. So he seems like one of the bigger names they pulled in. Uh, so I mean, yeah, that's good. It means that 
they're getting good talent to get into this show. So I, I'm excited for that. All these shows. So uh-huh. I'm get, I'm getting more excited as we get closer to it too for Daredevil. Yeah, um, absolutely. I'm, I'm thinking that's gonna be really good, honestly. Yeah, I I can't wait for that. So uh, and my expectations are high for you know all four series that they're gonna be producing. So. Mm-hmm. And as we look forward to things to come, uh, Josh, Joss, not Josh, <laughs> Joss, uh, Whedon made a comment recently uh, that he is looking forward to not directing Avengers 3 and 4. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't blame him at all. <laughs> those, are, uh, those are monumental tasks. Yeah, I mean, he's done. He, so when did Aven- the original Avengers come out? Hmm. Is that 2000? I want to say 2012. 2012? Maybe 13. Was either 12 or 13. I mean, either way, since he took on that project, they've kind of... It seems like he's the creative force behind multiple projects now. You know, he has to deal with a little bit with the comic books. He has to deal a little bit with... He, you know, helped a lot with S.H.I.E.L.D., the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. Um, so now he's just... He's juggling all these projects... And it's all stemming from the same source material. So maybe he's just, I mean, and the budget on these movies and I'm sure the stress is through the roof. Mm-hmm. So, you know, because if, if Avengers 2 comes out and it's not what people want, that's going to be a huge step backwards for Marvel. So it all kind of lays, you know, on him sometimes. So there, uh, there is a huge weight right now i i know that he has to feel this huge weight because as a fan looking at the trailer and you know just loving the series and everything the pressure to deliver what everybody wants that's that's huge yeah uh, absolutely so and i'm not worried at all about him not not directing i mean you look at all the marvel movies some are better than others but Multiple, I mean, many of them have been directed by different directors. Um, so, you know, in the same series, there's been different directors. Mm-hmm. And they all still turn out to be very good movies. So, yeah. uh, I, I don't, he's not the only great director out there for comic book stuff. So, I'm not, I mean, some people might freak out at first, you know, like, oh no. But, uh, not to mention, he's had two movies in several years to lay out, uh, you know, what is going to be the future. So some of his thoughts and ideas will move forward, you know, through Avengers three and four. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what the future of all of this stuff is. Whatever. I don't mean, it's not, a, I mean, it's more than a franchise now. It's like a, uh, empire, <laughs> the mm-hmm. Marvel empire, you know, of movies. So, I'm very excited to see what comes next, and we'll see who they nab down for a direct. I mean, I, they might be. They, I would think they'd be announcing a director for Avengers three right after Avengers two comes out. Because mm-hmm. you yeah, know they'll, they'll they'll write on the coattails of the release and just try to pump it up and say, "Oh, Avengers three has been announced," and exactly yeah. go see Avengers two. Exactly. I mean, I, at that point, though, I don't think you'll have to tell anybody to go see it. <laughs> Most no. people will probably have seen it by then. <laughs> yeah. So. But it's news. Uh, I, I'm, we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think he would have any less stress if he was designing Legos? Ah oh, man, I would love to design Legos. 
Really? And I think cool. so. Yeah. Because, you know, if, if things don't come together just right, you can always just take it apart and put it back together and just make things a little bit different, right? Exactly. So, turns out they are making some Legos. Not Joss Whedon, but someone <laughs> is making an adventure set of Legos. I will only buy Legos if they are cast and molded by Joss himself. <laughs> Uh, we'll see if we can get that in writing for you, but I doubt it. <laughs> no, uh, actually, I was looking at these today, and they look pretty cool. I mean, they're they're pretty extravagant. The helicarrier specifically, that thing is massive and insanely detailed. Uh, I I don't really see that being a, uh, a a children's toy by any means because there's there's over a thousand pieces in it. And it just looks so cool. Uh, I would love to have it, but I think the price tag is above three hundred bucks right now. So it's a little bit extravagant, I think, for uh, for just you know the passive fan who thinks they're kind of cool. But I know Lego collectors and and huge Marvel fans will be uh, looking to get their hands on this for sure. It's it's really cool. I feel like with Legos, uh, there there's like two. There's like the collecting Legos, like which are like this helicarrier which is crazy and uh i always remember as a kid like wanting to buy the millennium falcon set and that was another one of those things where it was huge and very expensive and it's like so there's like those tier of legos and then there's the ten dollar legos sets fifteen dollar sets so uh but yeah i mean this it looks awesome i mean if i had the money and time i would absolutely start collecting stuff like this in lego form but i'd like to have this as something that i could do like if i have a son or you know a daughter who's into legos at like eight or twelve or eight or ten or somewhere around there you know have this as a big project to do that would be pretty cool um to put together a helicarrier like this or a star destroyer or Republic cruiser or something like that those would be really cool things and i i would definitely be in on that very true maybe maybe that's how i'll uh, i'll pitch I'll pitch my wife um, that, you know, well, honey, what if we have kids? You, you can't open the box until the day. Yeah, like, exactly. The, and the child has to be of age, like, of the 8 to 12 range on the box, you know, whatever they say it's for. Yeah, and then uh, once we're done, once we're complete with the project, we'll put it in a glass case and they're never allowed to touch <laughs> it again. But, Daddy, I want to play with it. No, no, no. <laughs> I'll, uh, and then I'll magically turn into Will Ferrell from the Lego movie. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah. So, anyways, let's move on. Uh, there's a little bit more uh, movie comic book news, a little bit. Um, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call this next thing news. This is this yeah. is more of one person trying to impose their will to get their <laughs> way. Yeah. Uh, so, it looks like Tyrese Gibson wants to play Green Lantern. And I'm honestly, all, I'm on board for that. Um, the John Stewart Green Lantern, which um, he'd probably be portraying, is my favorite rendition of Green Lantern. I know a lot of people like Hal Jordan, um, but I've always been a John Stewart fan. And I don't know exactly why, but he's when I started like getting into the Justice League and stuff like that, like the, he was the uh, the Green Lantern for the TV series, the Justice League. Um, that was the animated TV show that came out a few years ago uh, before it was Justice League Unlimited. And I think he was also in Unlimited as well as Green Lantern. But Jon Stewart's always been my favorite uh, rendition for uh, Green Lantern. Uh, yeah. Um, 
I mean, so does Fox own the rights to Green Lantern, or who owns Green Lantern? Any particular studio? So Green Lantern is DC, um, and DC actually owns the rights to all of their characters. So this will be... The Green Lantern movie that he's referring to was... uh, uh, Before we started the podcast, there was an announcement um, that DC had a slate of movies to come out, you know, for here for the next few years, and one of them was Green Lantern, so they were going to be doing this big old Justice League kind of world building, uh, and... That's the the Green Lantern movie that they're referring to here. Okay. Um, yeah, I didn't know if that movie had been announced yet or uh, what was going on with that. Because what the last Green Lantern movie came out a few years ago now, uh, and I never watched it because from what I heard it was horrible. <laughs> so and like Green Lanterns, <laughs> I I remember when I was a kid, he always seemed like such a cool character. Mm-hmm. So I was excited when they first announced that last movie. And then it turned out to flop and not be that great. So, yeah, um, it was it was just not a good movie. Yeah, I mean, it, it could have been done a lot better, and it, it wasn't really the fault for Ryan Reynolds either. I don't blame him for that. I just blame the story that they gave him to do and the fact that they relied way way too much on CG. Yeah, that's that's one thing I remember from the trailers of that was the CG looked horrible uh and i was not into it at all it so. looks dated so i mean it, it's like one of those things where if you watch it you can kind of already tell it's dated yeah which is unfortunate for a movie that only came out a couple years ago now so mm-hmm. but yeah well hopefully hopefully they get someone good and to play that role so and i think he'd be a good choice yeah so what else have we got going on and uh the comic book front uh, as far as television movies goes well there's only one more a little bit of news that was kind of cool so fox is making a live action x-men show Um, they've announced that and this is kind of cool because it'll be interesting to see how they how they take it because a is it going to be a reboot or a different world than the current movies uh, or is it going to be more of like an X Force type thing? I wouldn't. I wouldn't think it'd be X Force because they said specifically X Men. Um, but I also think that uh, it will have to be better than what <laughs> was done in the past. There was a, a TV show. I think it was called Generation X uh, or X Generation, something like that. Uh, that was pretty much you know dealing with mutants and things like that. That was supposed to kind of be uh, like the X Men, uh, and that just was not very good. That was back. Back when comic book, like when Fantastic Four uh, and Spider-Man were kind of big, they tried that, and it just didn't work out very well. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping for good things with the X-Men TV show, because I, I've always liked the X-Men, um, and I do think that the um, with like Days of Future Past um, and First Class, they're, they're really heading in a good direction. I'm hoping they continue it with Apocalypse. I'm hoping Apocalypse doesn't turn into another X3. Um but I'm I'm excited to see what they'll do with it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, another thing I think is kind of cool about, I mean, X-Men specifically is in the X-Men universe, or that series, I mean, there's hundreds of mutants. They're not all necessarily X-Men, but, like, there's a lot to explore there with, you know, 
I could see them staying in the same universe as the movies, but just using a different cast because there's so many out there to use. Mm-hmm. So uh, I have no, I mean, I have no idea what they would do for the show, but oh, I'm, I'd, I'm definitely uh, excited to see what they would do. I'd be even more excited if Patrick Stewart was on board for sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That would, uh, that would be. He, he'll, he'll make a guest appearance for sure. He has to, right? Or at least do voiceover for like the beginning or something. So moving away from comic book news, and this, I mean, we don't have to take any time on this. I just thought it was interesting, and I think this casting is really good, is Emma Watson has been cast as Belle for Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, I've I seen that too. That's cool. Uh, I, I didn't even know they are making a Beauty and the Beast um, live-action movie. So, But I like Emma Watson. She's a good actress. Yeah. So excited to see her in a Disney movie. Yeah, and I mean, I don't want to go far into that or anything. I just thought that was a cool uh, little bit of news, and I think that she is a good good choice. Um, speaking of other choices for historic or iconic roles, what do you think of these rumors of Chris Pratt as Indiana Jones? Um, so here's... I've got another confession to make. And you're not going to believe this one, I think. No, don't say it. You're going to kill me. You're going to break my heart. <laughs> I've never seen any of the indie movies. Oh, God. Not one. No. Yeah, so. Two of them are so good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I have, I don't have a big opinion on this, actually. So. You're, you're breaking my heart. I know. Uh, but I will say, I feel like Chris Pratt is, is in way too many movies right now. <laughs> going from lego movie to guardians and all these other ones yeah and he's just i mean i like him he's good but he needs to stick to like certain franchises or i mean jurassic park i feel like i don't know i don't know i don't know i'm gonna call it over over pret over pret nation there's something we're getting too much of and it's got chris pratt (laughs) so i am an indiana jones fan um and i'll first say this Harrison Ford is Indiana Jones. The only way that I would ever want to see anybody else take up the mantle is if he can't do it and he says he doesn't want to do it or something. I would love if they actually just keep the series running as it is uh, with Harrison Ford as an older person, but maybe obviously killed off or maybe just more in an an advisory role. Uh, It's like a new person, like a Chris Pratt or something coming in. Um, I see Chris Pratt more as a happy-go-lucky kind of guy, and that may just be because of how he's portrayed in, uh, you know, Parks and Rec or uh, Guardians as Star Lord, or even in the Lego Movie as the uh, as the character there. I forget his name, um, but I see him more as like a Nathan Drake in an Uncharted series than I do as uh, a a doctor, professor of history, uh, an archaeologist. Uh, in, as Indiana Jones, I see, I see him more as Nathan Drake than I do as Indiana Jones. Yeah, that makes sense to me. So I, I, I agree. I, there's nothing wrong with having old characters, old leads. Like, granted, uh, Harrison Ford's, I, he, he would have to get back into that, I, that role because he's been playing the same old man role in a lot of movies in the last <laughs> couple. I don't, if I don't know if you noticed that. So he'd have to get out of that and back into his indie mood. 
But there's nothing wrong with having an older actor continue a series. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'd like this. I would like. I, I mean, I've never seen the indie movies, granted, but I would like to see that nonetheless, just to do it. Send your tweets to jpicky86 and say, "Watch Indiana Jones." <laughs> yeah, there's something wrong with me. So. <laughs> uh, maybe if they release another movie, we'll, we can. <laughs> I'll finally have to watch them so we can review before the movie. <laughs> uh, okay, and just as a, a couple more quick notes, uh, within the next couple of weeks, uh, Dragon Age Inquisition music will be made available. Um, if you want to uh, download some of that, if you're a music aficionado like I am, uh, you can download some tunes for free from their website. Um, and just one more little quick bit of news is that, so I think it was at Tokyo Game Show last year, um, or not long ago anyway, there were Star Wars Battle Pods announced, and these are really immersive arcade uh, units that are really expensive, high production value, high quality, that kind of put you in the cockpit of, cockpit of a, like a, a starfighter or something like that. Um, really cool. Uh, uh, implementations and they are coming stateside to arcades um, so just kind of have to look keep an eye open look around for your local arcades to see if they have the new uh, Star Wars battle pods um, I'm hoping that I can find one one in some place along my way I know it's not going to make it to central Illinois but maybe if I'm in you know Chicago or LA or New York or somewhere maybe I can run across one there that'd be really cool yeah, I'll definitely be checking to see if there's anything around. Maybe Chicago, too. I, was, I could see it being as close as there, but it's still a two-and-a-half-hour drive for me. But I'll be looking to see if there's anything local. Yep. Yeah. Uh, speaking of what's local, how about what's coming to a theater near you in February? This is our last episode of January, so uh, as we started the tradition uh, last month, we are just going to kind of preview the upcoming movies for the month of February. Um, just some of note. We can kind of just comment on these as you like. Uh, first up is on the 6th, Jupiter Ascending. Uh, and that's coming up from the Wachowski uh, directing duo. Um, and this movie has been getting really poor reception. Uh, it was recently screened in Sundance, and people even walked out uh, because <laughs> it was just not a good movie. Uh, there will be people that like it. Um, there will be people that go see it because Mila Kunis is in it, because Channing Tatum's in there, Sean Bean. They're, they're all great actors on their own right. Um, they'll go see it because the Wachowskis are doing it uh, or just because it's a, it's a sci-fi show, but I think that this is probably going to flop pretty hard, uh, and I know that this is, movie has a lot of... Uh, funds in it already so it'll be one of those that i don't want to go to a theater to watch it but when it comes to netflix i'll check it out you know yeah um i'm, I'm right, just not i'm right there with you i'm just waiting until it's convenient to yeah and uh so yeah i i completely agree with everything you said it's likely to be a flop and lots of good actors but if if there's one person i think that may be the fault of this movie and I honestly, I'm, I think it might be the Wachowski brothers, because not mean, the Wachowski brothers. What? They aren't the Wachowski brothers anymore. There's a brother and a sister now. Oh okay. Um, but 
And is this the same duo that did Cloud Atlas? Yeah, and the Matrix series. Yeah, which the Matrix series, uh, the first movie was great. And I feel like everything that's come out of them since has not been the same, you know. They've been chasing that first movie fame since. Mm-hmm. So, because Cloud Atlas was another one of those huge budget, you know, uh, lots of great actors movie. And I don't, I think it did all right in the box office, but I mean, just over, I mean, I never seen it because it just never looked that interesting to me, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, and another movie coming out that week, which I'm pretty sure is going to outperform Jupiter Ascending and win that weekend, uh, is the SpongeBob movie. So it's a kid's movie, obviously. Kids will have to be taken by parents, so you get two ticket sales off the bat. Um, so I definitely think that that's going to be the leader of the uh, box office for that weekend. Um, I have seen a trailer for it. It looks okay. Um I know when I was younger, I liked SpongeBob, but I haven't really paid attention to him in a long time. I would only go to the movie theater to watch this if I was taking a niece or a nephew. Um, otherwise, I would wait until it's on Netflix and then watch it again with a niece and a nephew. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same way. I've seen it a few times so uh, through Netflix and such. So, oh, yeah. It's been a while since SpongeBob's been in the limelight, so it'll be interesting to see him back in popular demand. Mm-hmm. And then the next weekend, just in time for Valentine's Day, Fifty Shades of Grey, um, based on a horrible, by all accounts, novel, uh, horribly written, just no substance to it, just for some reason, I guess it found a calling, uh, and they're they're adapting it to be a movie, um, but it's, I don't know, this is just, I, I hope it flops. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sad thing is it probably won't flop it'll probably do pretty well probably uh, will and it probably doesn't the thing is this movie i i guarantee will not take much to make because uh, it didn't get really any huge name actors in it um and it's just a drama there's not going to be any huge effects or anything so they're going to be able to make this for a nickel and sell it for a quarter so yeah so but after uh, same weekend well we get king's kingsman the secret service mm-hmm and this movie, so if I had the choice of seeing two movies this weekend, I would definitely choose Kingsman. Uh, that actually looks pretty interesting. It's by Matthew Vaughn. He's the director and screen uh, screenwriter of it. Um, and so Matthew Vaughn, if that name sounds familiar to you, is because he did X-Men First Class. Oh, I, I really enjoyed that movie, so that's good news. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, it looks like an interesting movie. It, it like Usually movies like that that are like i'm not super familiar with the source material i'm not that interested in but this one just looks like a fun movie so mm-hmm. yeah it looks fun looks good it's got a lot of a lot of quality actors in it colin firth looks like he's playing a big part michael Caine's in it obviously uh sam jackson <laughs> he's everywhere so he's yeah. in it uh <laughs> and also mark hamill's gonna be in this movie too so uh we'll get to see him before star wars this oh, year yeah awesome and then moving into the next weekend, uh, you have probably a couple movies of note. Hot Tub Time Machine 2. Uh, I have not seen the first one, and I don't really ever plan on it. Uh, from all accounts, I heard that this that the first one was just not even worth your time. But they got a sequel, so some people will go see that. Uh, have you seen the first, or do you plan on seeing the second? 
uh, I seen the first because it's you know because I think it was on Netflix at some point or something, <laughs> and yeah, it's uh, a throwaway comedy. Uh, I'm not gonna go see the second one, but I, I I mean I'll check it out if it comes on a Netflix or uh, Redbox or something. I'll check it out one night. Yeah, uh, the other movie coming out uh, is backed by Walt Disney, starring Kevin Costner. It's McFarland USA. Um, so. You, you have more of a reputable movie, <laughs> at least coming out from that, um, facing off against Hot Tub Time Machine. So I think out of those two, uh, McFarland USA will be the bigger one. Um, even though I'm not really uh, sure as to what this movie is going to like entail, I don't even think I've seen a, uh, a trailer for it yet. Um, I think it's a sporting movie from what I've, from what I've heard. Yeah, it's a sports drama, uh, high school sports. So... You know, sports movies always seem to do decently enough. Uh, plus, if you add that it's from Disney and that it's Kevin Costner, you uh, pretty much are guaranteed to have an okay opening weekend. Yeah, I think that's the golden ticket is uh, Disney, Kevin Costner, sports movie. I think they're going to do just all right. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the last weekend, the 27th, um, there is Focus coming out have you heard about focus at all do you know what, anything about this movie it sounds vaguely familiar it's got uh one pretty big name and i know that yep and that big name is will smith um and margot robbie wasn't she going to be playing someone in, in the upcoming uh uh harley quinn I say justice league is she is she playing harley quinn in the suicide squad movie yes yes that's who at least for now that's she's she is slated to be Harley Quinn in that movie. And then Will Smith is obviously slated for that movie, too, at this point. So yeah. maybe you can see how their chemistry or how they act off of each other with this movie Focus coming out on the 27th of February. Yeah. Um, so, and then in addition to that, there's a couple more coming out. Uh, Little Boy. Um, this looks like it's an independent movie. Um, and rounding it out, The Lazarus Effect. And that has one, uh, actually a couple uh, actors I recognize in it. Olivia Wilde, uh, she's in it. She was in, um, I know her most for um, House. She was on House as 13. And then Donald Glover is going to be in it too. And he was also uh, from a TV show. He was on Community. Uh, he was, oh, what was his name? I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I've never really watched Troy. Got Troy, yep, that's right. That's yeah. And then he's also got the Childish Gambino uh, yeah. music career that he started up as well. Yeah. So uh, that one will be interesting. Um, kind of see what they do. Another independent little film. Yeah, a little so, horror movie. Looks like. Yeah. It'll be interesting to, to see how February turns out, but I think we can pretty much figure out what's going to perform and what's not going to. Yeah, for sure. But how about uh, we move on into... Our meat and potatoes for this week are entertaining thoughts. Yes. <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, so, we're continuing Final Fantasy VII talk uh, by watching Advent Children. 
which uh, came out, what, six years ago? Longer? Oh, it's been longer than that. Oh, no. I'm getting old. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but no, this is a follow-up. Uh, they they tried making this like Final Fantasy series or collection. You know, mm-hmm. uh, they did uh, Dirge of Cerberus as a game. Uh, they did this movie, and I think they had some other like short stories and other short uh, product or animated things too as well. I think. Yeah, they they call it the compilation of Final Fantasy okay. Seven. So they won't give us a remaster of Final Fantasy Seven, but. They will make a movie. They will make another game, uh, a mobile game, a PSP game, um, and they will also make an anime. And what else did they make in addition to that? I don't know. But they they won't remaster it. They'll re-release the same version. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh uh, well. Uh, but it's it's cool to see that they at least did this. Uh yeah. So uh, let's dive into uh, Final Fantasy VII Advent Children. So, initial uh, initial thoughts of this movie when you watched it the first time. When when did you first see it? You know, I'm not really sure because to be honest, I think I only seen it one time. I, I think by the time it came out, I just I wasn't. I think because I knew it was like gonna be anime ish, I wasn't as excited. You know, um, even though I'm a huge Final Fantasy VII fan, but I think I seen it about a year after it came out. Mm-hmm. Um. I think I watched it once and uh, I thought it was okay, but I don't really, I didn't hadn't really remembered it that much until I rewatched it this in the last week. Mm-hmm. So I, I I guess my initial thoughts back then were just like yeah whatever you know it seemed like they're just capitalizing on Final Fantasy VII, uh, which I mean I think is true. I mean that's why all those games and stuff came out is they're trying to get some more cash out of that franchise. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, what about you? So I got I was stoked for this. I kept watching you know the trailers and everything, getting as much as I could before this came out, and I got it on release day. Um, it released originally uh, in September fourteenth uh, of two thousand five, um, and that was just a DVD release. And then it was redone, I guess you could say. Uh, there was there's a Final Fantasy VII Advent Children complete. Uh, so if you were to buy it on Blu-ray now, that would be the version that you get. Um, and that version is actually uh, just a little bit over two hours, whereas the um, the original version has 25 minutes less footage in it. So there was like a, like a thousand edits uh, that were made, and just to add more story on the Denzel character, more motivation for Cloud and background for the complete version. So I definitely recommend, if you haven't seen this movie... Uh, to go ahead and and check it out and seek out the complete version uh, to just get the full uh, uh, full story. And they also, when they did this, because they made it for Blu-ray, the complete version, they remastered it. So it's actually a better quality version if you watch that version as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, I I'm gonna be. I actually got I had the opportunity to watch this movie on YouTube because uh, it's a little bit hard to find. Uh, it's not readily available in stores right now, so I get to order it, but it's well worth it, and I'm going to be ordering it, uh, but, uh, I was able to watch it through other avenues. Mm-hmm. 
it's it's a good watch no matter where you get a chance to watch it and the music and it's really good too still uh the music is composed by nobu yumetsu um i don't know if i'm pronouncing his name right but that's how i've always yeah. called him um but uh he's the same one who has composed for final fantasy 7 and you know a myriad of other uh, uh historic games from like square and others um but with this one with the soundtrack and we'll get into it a little bit i'm sure later but it's more of a there's more of a rock to it because it's you know years later and it's more of a high octane and there's a lot of action going on in the movie so they kind of amp up the music and kind of give you the you know the electric guitar um and a lot more uh action than they had in the final high seven game so without further ado how about we get into the setting and the story? Um, and we'll do this a little differently this time. So in the past, uh, when we did like the Bond movies, we did um, more of a play-by-play as it went along, kind of just you know talking about it, seeing reactions. Um, but as we did last week, we're just going to kind of go over the setting, the plot, and just kind of chat about that as we go through it, uh, if there's any points we want to bring out, and then um, just kind of do an overall little chat afterwards. So let us know if you like this format better uh, or worse. Uh, give us a tweet at entertainingpod or send us an email at uh, thatsentertaining at gmail.com. So, the setting. Advent Children takes place two years following the event, events of 1997 role-playing game Final Fantasy VII, during which antagonist Sephiroth com- attempted to absorb the live stream the lifeblood and soul of the planet, and be reborn as a god. He was defeated by Cloud Strife and his companions, but Sephiroth's final spell, Meteor, destroyed the city of Midgar. Since the end of the game, the survivors of Midgar founded the new city at the edge where Cloud and his childhood friend Tifa are now running a courier service and are caretakers of orphans Denzel and Marlene. Cloud is still haunted by his role in the death of Aerith Gainsborough, who was killed by Sephiroth. In addition, both he and Denzel are infected with a mysterious new ailment known as Geostigma, which has no known cure. What? Uh, Our man. Are you are you telling me I'm uncurable? Like I said before, you you might need to make a couple phone calls. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I'll let you continue for now. Okay. When the film opens, Cloud has recently moved out and has isolated himself from his friends. So that's that's our setting. That's So this is in-game timeline two years after the end of the game. Um, so it's pretty, pretty recent. Yeah. Yeah, it's fresh in everyone's minds within that world. Mm-hmm. So, without further ado, let's get into the story. Cloud is contacted through Tifa and summoned to meet at the Shinra Company's former president, Rufus Shinra, who is presumed killed in Final Fantasy VII. Rufus asks Cloud for help to stop Kadaj, Laws, and Yazu. Those are some weird names, but yeah. Yeah. Yazu. Tr- <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't help it. I mean, with a name like that, but 
I know. And we'll talk about this later. So last week, Gabe brought out, you know, our, our thoughts on the voice acting. There's one that stood out like a sore thumb, sore thumb to me. And, yeah, it's not going to help his case at all. But anyway, continuing. The trio are physical manifestations of Sephiroth's living spirit and are seeking to resurrect him using the remains of an extraterrestrial villain, Genova. Cloud refuses to help and leaves. So, Kadaj, Laz, and Yazoo, uh, I thought they were... So, remember in Final Fantasy VII, in the reunion, there were all those black cloaks? Yeah. Um, I thought that they were like those, but kind of amped up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's... I mean, we really don't get an answer in the movie, like, where they're from, or, like, how exactly they came to be. But they've got the gray hair, like Sephiroth, and they, they're they a little... They're moody, like him, but they all have like these weird quirks and stuff. It's just, it's. I'm just gonna say right now, if you haven't seen this, this is a very Japanese movie. <laughs> very yes. So there's really weird like like it's like sometimes they're trying to be very serious, and then they just like crack like try cracking a joke or something. It's just really strange. Mm-hmm. So remember that before you go into this movie. But yeah, you get a lot of that like weirdness with these three characters. Yeah, especially. With Laws and Yazoo. Yeah. Laws especially, because he's always like, and crying, crying, and not yeah. crying, and whatever. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, and, and for anyone going forward, uh, you'll find... Kadaj is kind of the main guy out of these three, though. He's He seems to be their leader. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, so Kadaj is, uh, for reference to, uses more like a sword uh, to fight with. Uh, Laws uses this, like wrist enhancement thing that has like electricity kind of in it uh to help punch and stuff and he also can like like move really fast it looks like and then uh yazoo is uh adept with uh with pistols with guns it looks like so uh those are kind of the weapons that they're using for this just to kind of give you some uh some context so continuing meanwhile Kadaj and his colleagues are recruiting children infected with geostigma. Denzel falls within this group, attracted by their promises of a cure for the disease. Laz follows Tifa and Marlene to Aerith's church, where he had gone looking for Cloud, where they had gone looking for Cloud, and attacks them. Tifa is knocked unconscious in the fight, and Laz abducts Marlene. All, our ki- all the kidnapped children are taken to the ruins of the mystical Verkatan city, where Kadaj embraces them as brethren and announces his intention for them to be reunited with Genova. When Cloud arrives to rescue them, he is overpowered by Kadaj's gang, but is rescued by an old comrade, Vincent Valentine. Demoralized by a failure, Cloud asks if sin can ever truly be forgiven, to which Vincent nonchalantly replies that he has never tried to forgive. Cloud decides to keep fighting and returns to the city, where Kadaj has summoned Bahamut, Sin, and other monsters to terrorize the population. With the help of the companions from Final Fantasy VII, Cloud engages and defeats the monsters. I love this battle, by the way, yeah. when when Bahamut's come in. Yeah. Uh, so, 
it's like the perfect opportunity to because this movie's I mean it rightfully so it they're trying to get nostalgia you know out of this so this is during the fight scene is when you get to see all of the characters all of the party members from the previous uh, ga- from the game mm-hmm. up until this point all you see is Tifa and then uh, Vincent at that one point which that was a cool intro because they were fighting in the Forgotten City and Cloud's really kind of you know about to lose but then Vincent comes in and in all his coolness yeah. and saves him saves him which I think is I'm, I wonder if they're like trying to boast him a little bit because that mo- that game was coming out uh, in before or after this movie, you know, Dirge of Cerberus. I don't, mm-hmm. I'm not sure when the those timelines meet up, but one year after the events of Advent Children is Dirge of Cerberus. Okay. So, uh, but yeah, uh, that intro from Vincent is really awesome. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I mean, and the fact that they're in the uh, Forgotten City and stuff, it's all very nostalgic and uh, very cool. But yeah, I love. Uh, see all the characters and all the you know they all have like cool new weapons you know you got barrett in there and uh yuffie uh they <laughs> unfortunately kate sith does make an appearance even though it's very they keep his uh screen time to a very bare minimum <laughs> uh-huh um and his voice uh they they chose like a scottish so for the for the english dub uh, which is what I watched before this. Yeah, me too. Um, they chose like a Scottish voice for him, which just didn't feel like it was right. And what did he even do? What did he even add? He was just riding on top of Red Thirteen. Red Thirteen can make his own. He can take care of himself. He can do his own stuff. He doesn't need Kate Sith's little doll riding on top of him. <sighs> they they should have just left him out. Yeah, that was really uh, that was weird. Oh well. Because Kate Sith had more talking than Red Thirteen did, and when Red Thirteen talked, he was actually a pretty cool voice, I think. But yeah. Anyway, I just I can't believe that they they had like a Scottish, just a weird voice for him. Um, and also in this movie, uh, earlier on at the beginning and during this, after this scene, there's another chase. Um, these there's a lot of bikes in this, and that must have be a thing that. Uh, was popular either at the time or what? Because there's a lot of stuff going on on bikes in this movie. Yeah, I feel like there's like a good portion of this movie and fight scenes is all on bikes, which I, I mean, I still I I feel like it's all just they're trying to, because Cloud is cool because he rides a bike and swings his sword mm-hmm. around, so they're like, well, we'll fill this movie with that. Yeah, although, I mean, admittedly, his bike is cool because it has all those uh, swords in it. It has, like, eight or so in there. Yeah. He's just been pulling out from here and there, but, uh, yeah, it was it was pretty neat. Uh, okay, continuing. Kadaj confronts Rufus Shinra, who reveals he possesses the box containing Jenova's remains. He attempts to destroy it, but Kadaj manages to save it and flees the city with his companions. Yazu and Laz are apparently destroyed along the way by an explosive planted by Shinra agents. The Turks. Cloud chases Kadaj down and engages him in battle, ultimately subduing him. Outmatched, Kadaj opens up Jenova's box and fuses with his continents, transforming into Sephiroth. 
He then tells Cloud that he would be able to use the life essences of Geostigma's sufferers to achieve complete domination over the planet. He and Cloud then fight, and throughout the whole encounter, Sephiroth appears to have the upper hand, flinging Cloud repeatedly into the walls and finally impaling him through the shoulder. He asks to tell him to tell Cloud what he cherishes most so that he can have the pleasure of taking it away. To this, Cloud replies that he cherishes everything, then pulls out Sephiroth's sword and deals him a hail of devastating blows. Was this their representation of Omni Slash, do you think? Uh, it was definitely like a, a limit break. Uh, but yeah, it was very stylish. And yeah, probably Omni Slash, uh, um, which is, one, you know, is it the final limit break I, for Cloud? I believe it is, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's what it is, this is. But yeah, he's all of a sudden, you know, kicking butt, which is pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. And, uh, into this point, too, uh, you see, you know, the group, they all come in the high wind to try to help him, but then they realize that they've lost a step, or so to speak, since the events of Final Fantasy VII, but Cloud seems to have found his way back to be able to to hold his own, and so they leave him to be able to take on Sephiroth on his own. So they realize that they're not up to task, really, of fighting with with Cloud at this point, and they'd probably just more get in the way than anything else. So, continuing. Sephiroth's spirit departs, leaving behind the mortally wounded Kadaj. As he lies dying in Cloud's arms, a healing rain starts falling across the land curing the people of their geostigma. Yazu and Laz appear and confront Cloud. He charges at them, and they set off a massive explosion engulfing the three. So when Yazu and Laz come up, you you know, Cloud's standing there in the rain, you know, things are nice, you're thinking that it's kind of coming to an end, he's victory, everybody's been vanquished. Um, but there's this, you know, the sound of a gunshot, and then you can see, you know, Cloud moving and getting shot. It's kind of a, a, a uh, not startling, but, um, it was definitely kind of out of nowhere. It was definitely a gotcha moment. Like, I was like, mm-hmm. you, cause you, yeah, you think it's wrapping up, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, wait a minute. Like, they just shot Cloud, and he looks like he's dying again. Mm hmm. So, uh, one little last bit to, to finish up the plot here. Cloud has a vision of his deceased friends, Aerith and Zach Fair, who, who say that his time to join them has not yet come. He then awakens in a church, healed by his injuries and surrounded by his friends. Behind them, he sees Aerith and Zach leaving the church and hears Aerith's voice say, You see? Everything's all right. He agrees. I know. I'm not alone. Not anymore. So that's just a very basic, very, very basic plot summary of this movie. Um, there's a lot, really, that's going on that wasn't really covered in that summary. Um, but what what were your overall thoughts of Advent Children? Okay, so as, you know, as we've been, you know, reviewing movies uh, and looking at very good movies, uh, as a movie this isn't that it's it's not good it's not i mean it's just not good um and i'm not an anime fan so i don't know if it's like standard for anime but uh because i mean there's just like 
all these like weird gaps and knowledge and stuff and like it's just i mean and maybe it probably is because i'm not used to like japanese anime it's just a very weird movie and like they don't explain a lot like i mean it does bother me i don't know exactly where the three protagonists come from or uh antagonists come from mm-hmm. uh and they're just kind of missing that uh with that said as a final fantasy 7 fan and after reviewing that game uh this is a great thing like if you if you like final fantasy 7 at all absolutely go see this because it's very nostalgic all of the characters make an appearance uh you know dead or alive and uh, you get to see a little bit more into how Clyde, how Cloud thinks. Uh, so yeah, I'm kind of right down the middle because as a movie, I didn't necessarily enjoy it. But as a, a Final Fantasy VII fan as a, and as a additional piece to that story, I think it's great. So yeah, those are kind of my thoughts. Yeah, I mean, if you you can't really hold this up to skyfall or something like that right because skyfall is on its own level um i mean there is some faltering in the storytelling like you said you know the origination of the antagonists um just you kind of lose the it's it's a story about cloud and you kind of lose all the other characters but they're more in there for just cameo appearances i mean barrett's in there just a couple times sid's barely in there uh vincent i mean he makes his his cool scene to save cloud but for the most part it's just a, a story about cloud coming to terms with what happened uh with Aerith. um but it is it it is visually uh, a stunning show considering that this was released in 2005 um it still holds up honestly today i mean it still looks really good but uh yeah if you hold it up to skyfall or something like that it just it doesn't you 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 can't compare the two honestly yeah so uh, i yeah i try i keeping that out of my mind as i watched it i i liked it it was fun as a final fantasy 7 guy you know to watch that mm-hmm. so overall i like it uh i knowing that it was dubbed over you know in english uh i think they did fine with the voice acting so i don't know the voice acting okay for for Kadaj, it was fine. For the other two, for Yazoo, it was okay. But for Laws, it was just it didn't feel quite right. But then again, that could be the the direction that they were going for for that character, and just the he was kind of the comic relief. So maybe that's why that they they went with that area. Um, for Aerith, it was great. I think it was fine. Uh, Tifa was great too. Cloud was okay. It just at first it took a little bit to get used to that that was his voice because you know Gabe you know asked last week what he thought of when they actually voiced all these characters what we thought um in my mind that wasn't the voice really that I had for Cloud I don't believe um the voice that they had for Sephiroth was I don't know so I know they had a direction to that Sephiroth wasn't phased by anything, that he was calm all the time. Anything he said was always measured in the same tone, the same whatever, because he he didn't worry, you know? And they, they did well to, to represent that, that he just wasn't affected by the battle at all, and he was just talking in a monotone voice, like, Cloud, 
what are you chewing? How have you changed the entire time? Which is fine. Um, but it just a little, little off. That's not, not, not what I had pictured. I think in my mind when I, when I had first heard it, uh, Vincent sounded great. Uh, Steve Bloom voiced him. I've always been a fan of Steve Bloom. Um, and he just did a, a good job. I would say, uh, voicing Vincent as far as Barrett. Hmm. It, Okay, not exactly what I imagined either, um, but it, it was fine. Uh, it just t- took a second to get used to it. Sid sounded great, sounded fine. Uh, I, I liked his uh, couple sentences that he had. Yuffie was right on task, what I thought. Uh, the Turks, they were all uh, what I thought that they would sound like too. And I, I liked the little interplay always that they had between Rude and Reno. Yeah, they were, um, they were goofy. Yeah, they were, um, they were funny little guys, like Rude especially. Yeah, um... Reno, the guy who voice acted Reno, I knew his voice sounded familiar, and I just looked it up. Uh, he was actually the voice of Raiden in Metal Gear Solid. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I knew. I was like listening to him. I was like, I know that voice. Why do I know that voice? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's probably because I've played Metal Gear Solid 2 uh, way too many times. So yeah. he's uh, voiced Raiden through all of those games. So I thought that was an interesting little tidbit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was I was fine with Red Thirteen's voice too. Um, kind of hard to really imagine what a, a lion would sound like or uh, whatever you want to call his species, but uh, I thought it was it sounded great. Um, and then the other uh, voice that has to be addressed, and I you know I've mentioned this before, but Kate Sith, Kate Sith was not uh, I don't know it was a Scottish voice. Um, he said something about well, you know where are you going, Lassie, at some point, and just like come on seriously it, it didn't fit um but kate sith as a character doesn't quite fit either so i guess it works out yeah so uh, i mean, overall i like that movie and uh i i suggest it for anyone who likes final fantasy 7 yeah so uh is there anything else that you have uh that you need to uh that you want to bring up on this uh, i don't think so i think uh you know like I said, uh, any Final Fantasy VII fans, I suggest the, uh, that movie and uh, check it out. Cool. Um, well, that's going to pretty much do it for us this week. So next week we'll be starting our look into the Marvel series of movies. Um, and we'll be beginning with Iron Man, which is the first cinematic movie uh, in that series. So we'll be looking forward to checking that thing out as it goes. And in addition, so a couple weeks ago, we announced that there was a code that we were wanting to give give away for Xbox One uh, for Black Flag Assassin's Creed. We still have no takers. There have been a uh, another grand total of zero entries uh, for the Black Flag code for Xbox One. All you have to do if you want to enter to win that is follow Entertaining Pod on Twitter. Uh, tweet at us with the hashtag Entertaining Code, and just you know, tell us what your favorite game was that you played last year. It doesn't have to necessarily be a game that was released, but just what you played last year and what you liked. Um, and a question for you guys this week: What do you think about video game adaptation movies? Um, are there any that you think have been really good? Uh, been uh, bad obviously there's been a lot of bad but 
what are your favorite video game adaptation movies? Because if you look at Final Fantasy VII Advent Children, it is an adaptation in a way. Um, it's among the better ones, I would say. So what are your thoughts on that? Just let us know. You can also shoot us a review over at iTunes and Stitcher. Uh, you can find us on uh, those fine podcasting services. And you can also contact us via Twitter at EntertainingPod. Or you can send us an email uh, to that's entertaining at gmail.com. T-H-A-T-S-E-N-T-E-R-T-A-I-N-I-N-G at gmail.com. On Twitter, you can find me. I am at Sith Nightmare, S-I-T-H-K-N-I-G-H-T-M-A-R-E. I would love to change that, but the one I want isn't available, and the person that's using it hasn't used it in a long time. So I need to figure a way to get to Twitter to say, hey, I want this particular one. This person hasn't been using it. Is there any way I can get it? Anyway, uh, and Justin is available at jpicky 86 uh, and you can contact either of us on Twitter uh, or contact us at the email address uh, to get a hold of us. So that's going to do it for us this week. We hope that you've been entertained. Until next time. <laughs>